Hi, hi, it's Joy Foster, founder of Tech Pixies and the host of the Sparkle and Thrive podcast. And I am very excited because uh, we've obviously just done the social media trends and it was amazing to talk to all of our social media coaches about the trends in 2022. So if you haven't grabbed those, uh, definitely go and check that out. We have a link to the social media trends on our free resources page, techpixies.com forward slash free resources. Now I'm leaning into talking to some of our alumni uh, who have gone on to create social media agencies. And we're going to talk about that. I mean, we've also had some amazing interviews as well with alumni who are rocking it on social media. Uh, so that's really something that we're focusing on this year with the podcast is sharing some really great success stories within the social media space. So today I have a lovely guest, Maria Collins. Hello, Maria. Hi, morning, Joy. Thank you for having me. And Maria runs Social Media Maria, and she is doing some amazing work. So we're going to talk to her about her incredible uh, journey from uh, where she was to where she is now and how she's even bringing on new clients from the TechBixie community. So Maria, Tell us, you know, you have a history of living all over the world. I have a history of living all over the yes. world. So I think part of being a world traveler is you are a bit more risk adverse. You are a bit more adventurous. Um, let's talk about this adventure of getting into social media uh, agency work, social media service provision, etc. How did yes. you get started and what does it look like now? Yeah, so... Um so I did, yeah. So I had an early, really interesting um, childhood, especially now um, when travel is so restricted. Um, and we traveled a lot all over the world as kids with my dad's job. Um, and I think it does give you a real sort of thirst for working with different people and, and being, you know, able to sort of, um, I guess, kind of work a bit, you know, on the hoof and kind of, um, and also understanding different, customers different people um but when i first started work i worked in in the london in london very traditional corporate marketing so i worked for reuters um nationwide mortgages so really traditional marketing and at that point um we were not doing social media you know we were creating brochures and but but it was great a great start because it gave me a real understanding for you know, the basis of, you know, strategy and understanding your customer and all of those great things that you, you really need to know. Um, and I then, um, so I worked in, you know, in, in London for many years. And then when we had kids, we moved out towards Cambridge. And um, Cambridge is a fantastic place, but it's not a hub for financial services. So amazing for tech and science and all of these things. But I actually really struggled to get a job um, out here because my skill set was so different. And if you didn't have a PhD in science, then e even if you were a product marketing person, you needed that technical side. Um, so I, I actually started volunteering um, instead for a local charity, um, Tom's Trust, who support children with brain tumours. And, and it was that that gave me my first taste of social media, um, actually coming in a different way and thinking, you know, I'm going to have to learn some new skills here and kind of adapt because the kind of you know, I'm not in the city anymore. And um, I'm also not, I didn't grow up with social media, like probably like, you know, many of the tech pixies. Um, I think the gap in our knowledge is that we didn't grow up 
you know, on our smartphones like all of our kids do nowadays. Um, yeah, so that really um, gave me my first taste for social media. And then I, I worked for a lovely, another charity who supported children's mental health issues. And that was my first paid social media job. Um, and that was, um, you know, I was paid by the hour to do a certain number of posts per week. Um, but I was still teaching myself. I was learning on the job and, um, you know, I I was doing a great job, I'm sure. But, I, you know, I hadn't trained in social media. Um, and then we, we came into lockdown and suddenly my husband was no longer commuting and we were all at home. And um, a, a current Tech Pixie or um, an, another alumni actually told me about the Tech Pixies course um and i think i spoke to you on the friday and you were like it starts on monday and i i called you on your phone and you were walking and i was like well i'm thinking about this and you were like well it starts on monday and i don't know why i just you know because it's a big commitment isn't it and i just was like okay <laughs> see you on monday <laughs> and i joined the tech pixie course which was fantastic yeah oh that's so i love those um those memories of the phone calls and you know like i was walking and i was in the car i mean i've had so many conversations like that and you know what i've learned is uh, you know when you know you know and actually yeah. uh very often i can tell from a conversation with a student whether or not they're gonna they're gonna thrive in fact we've just made a big change to the program which is you know, once you're in, you're in and there, we're not, you know, there's, there's no trial period anymore. You're, you're either going to take this seriously or you're not. And we know that if you're not going to take it seriously, it's not right for you. But we know that if you are going to show up, you're going to do the work you and which you did, you showed up, you did the work, uh, you get the results and you got the results. So let's, let's talk about that because uh, you now, you went from, you were volunteering, but then by getting your CPD certification and getting upskilled, you thought, well, I'm not going to do this for free anymore. (laughs) So tell us about that transition from volunteering to get your, getting your first paid client. And now you have multiple paying clients. So let's talk about that as well. So I think when I did the course, because obviously you can, you can do the course in your own time, which is fantastic. So if you've got kind of existing business or children or anything, you could do the course in your own time. But I really wanted to just do the course in one go and and start working. So um, I think we started in around May and by the summer I'd finished and done my CPD. Um, and, and the great part about the course is that by the end, I didn't even realise this, but by the end of the course, you already have your own profile because the coursework we, we set up, I set up a profile as I went along. Um, so by the time I'd finished, I was like, oh, I think you have a business here. Um, and and actually, um, one of the first things I did, um, and I really think this was would be a top tip, was um, I made sure that I got to know my local community. So all the small businesses. So as I was kind of, because your initial post, you know, you haven't got anything particularly to post about in a way so I kind of got to know my local businesses and the guys in the market and sort of small small local entrepreneurs but the brilliant thing is that they then was started supporting me I then started supporting them and and actually that kind of gave me a bit of momentum I think um 
and um, and as a result, a local company noticed me. So by the October, I had my first client, which was an amazing um, Omega Three brand. They're Norwegian, but they um, I'm near Saffron Walden. They're they're actually um, their offices are in Saffron Walden, um, and they had taken me on on quite a low you know, a lower salary just to do three posts a week. Um, and there was a great start actually, because they had some lovely professional photographs already. So it kind of, kind of, kind of eased me in, but a lovely company to kind of, kind of get my teeth stuck into really. And at that point you were presumably working on, you know, cost per post or cost per hour. Is that what you were? Yeah. Just, was yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how did you then transition to multiple clients and then moving from a cost per post or cost per hour to a values-based contract? It can be quite scary kind of working out your pricing because you don't actually know, um, in a way, you don't know like how long it is going to take you. But equally, you also, um, you're not necessarily pricing just on the hours, but also your experience and your knowledge and 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 really in a way also social media you never stops like i'm always thinking i'm always thinking about my clients i'm always engaging or doing something um so what i started doing is i'm um, i actually started doing a proposal um with, with a sort of an idea about what it would include each month so that um and also I always kind of spoke to the client up front about what, what they're providing me. So I think it's really important to have those early conversations like what assets are you going to give to me? Am I writing the copy? Um, am I, you know, some clients, for example, will just let you do, you know, off you go. And some you might, um, you know, have a monthly, a weekly meeting or um, so I think it's really good to sort of, you know, ask all those questions up front and really get to know um, what are their expectations? What are they looking to achieve? And and kind of work that all of that out. Yeah, I, I want to pause you there because that is so important because you just mentioned some really key things. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're looking to get into social media management or you know um, running an agency, etc., these are really important questions to ask because if they if they don't provide. Uh, content, either copy or images, that's extra work, right? You've got to create the images, you've got to create the copy. And that I find is one of the biggest time socks, if you will, for a social media manager, if they have to chase, uh, chase copy and images. And, you know, I just found when I was a social media manager, managing multiple clients, uh, it was so much easier for me to just create all of that stuff. I mean, rather than wait for it. But sometimes you go into an organization where they've got a comms manager and they've got a brand manager and the, you're working alongside the comms manager and the brand manager, which is how we have it set up at TechPixies now. Obviously, that was not how we started. But now we have someone who's got the who can create the images, who can edit the videos, and we've got someone who can write the copy. And basically, then we just need someone to get that content out, right? And that's sort of what we've done. So it's really understanding the structure of the business. Am I working for, for one person or is there a team of people? And like you said, the meetings are really important too because I find, and I think this is very important, that when you have social media clients, you do need to build in a weekly or monthly check-in. Uh, hugely important. And you know, at, at TechPixies, we have weekly check-ins with 
everyone on our team, even if I'm only meeting with a certain number of people, then those people are meeting with a certain number of people, but we, everyone has a weekly check-in and it's like, okay, what happened last week? What's happening this week? And everyone's on the same page. I like the idea of a monthly one, you know, for social media, because you can sort of plan a month in advance rather than, you know, doing it every week. But those two, those are really good tips. And so people need to be thinking about that. Who's creating the imagery? Who's creating the copy? Who's loading it up into the social media networks? Who's doing the communication with the, you know, the no comment left behind? Who's in charge of engagement, right? What are the um, expectations around uh, weekend work as well? I think that's something that social media managers need to be talking about. You know, what days are they working? What days are they? And I remember I learned that it was okay to say I'm available, let's say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because I learned as well that if someone left a comment on a Tuesday, I could deal with it on a Wednesday, right? Mm -hmm. I could make sure that there was a 24 hour loop if I was working. And this is when I had like a two year old and a three year old and I, I wanted to be with them a couple of days a week. So I think, but those are great, great things to think about. Um, did you learn in your early contracts how long things took to do and sort of track all of that. And then that made it easier later when you put together the pricing packages. Yeah, and I think it evolves as well because like, for example, nowadays, when we first started, when I did the course, reels weren't a thing. And now you're having video is so huge. So now originally you're like, the difference between posting three posts a week, which is a professional photograph has been sent to you on an email to creating reels or going live for your clients or you know I think it's um and I think it's not being afraid to have those conversations don't be so keen to kind of get your first clients and just take them on board that you don't ask and and sort of think well this is going to take you know creating reels is going to take this much time so yeah I think it evolves and as and as also the platforms evolve as well and um and actually for some of my clients um so I, I've sort of started to kind of, I've noticed as I've gone along, I've niched almost by accident. And all of my clients are with serving midlife women, which is a great, um, I am one and, you know, it's a great market place to be in. So um, my other clients are um, a wonderful um, Botox nurse, um, who um, is a local lady, um, women returners who you know and actually um you put me forward for the job joy um they're a fantastic organization who coach women back into their um previous careers after a career break um but for them i'm actually on all of the i help across all of the platforms and and that's quite different as well because um you know having thinking about what the different content needs are for Twitter and LinkedIn is very different to Facebook and Instagram. Um, and that's why, the, you know, the Tech Pixie course there gave me that great grounding because not everyone likes Twitter and LinkedIn. I think, you know, I know Beth does. She's fantastic on um, on those kind of channels. But a lot of people, you know, stay away from them. Um, so, yeah, I think working all of that into your pricing as well is, you know, is important. Well, I, you make a great point, and that is also the number of networks you're on, the number of followers. One thing that we found, you know, when I was, when, so when I started working with ProBiz, they had maybe 20,000 followers. When I finished working with ProBiz, we had 50,000 followers. There's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. 
in the volume of customer service requests and the volume of, you know, angry customers, happy customers, you know, just communication in general. I mean, we would put up a Crufts post, you know, to celebrate Crufts week and then put up pictures of dogs and say, okay, put in, you know, the comments, picture of your dog and we get hundreds of comments, right? You know, yeah. and we would reply to all of them, no comment left behind, but that was building community. That was creating a community. And, um, and I think, uh, you know, as the, as the, networks grow the comments grow as the engagement grows you know the it's you've got to be there you got to show up you know i say all the time on the social media crash course i say you know if you text your friend uh, a couple days in a row and they don't text you back or a couple weeks in a row and they don't text you back you just stop texting them <laughs> like you know you just so it's it's the same thing with comments if people don't reply to comments they don't engage with their you know you don't engage back they're going to stop commenting it's not yeah. they don't get anything out of it so it's about this you know law of reciprocation um giving and receiving and so i i think you're totally right on about that i mean i i think understanding the, the 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 different networks you're working on understanding the uh the the size of the account is also really important when you're trying to figure out your your cost structure i think the other thing that i would say and you touched on it you know for a long time we've debated do we break up tech pixies and just sell the individual courses for the individual networks yeah. or do we keep them together and I've resisted it for so long because I see the value of understanding the whole spectrum mm -hmm. so that when you're speaking to a client and you're or even when you're trying to decide for yourself where I should be, you look at the different networks and you say, OK, which networks, which type of customer does this network serve? Is it B2B, B2C? You look at, you know, it, what's the what's the value here? Is it breaking news? Is it? At search engine optimization and you also look at what do I like to do you know do I like sound do I like video do I like photos do I like blogging uh, and also what does my customer like to engage with right and I think um, I think you're 100% right that you know the traditional uh, post with text with you know picture with text is almost gone it's still there you can still get away with it but it's not as powerful as that video connection. So you've made some incredible points there and making sure that people are upskilling to learn how to use reels and to learn how yeah. to use TikTok, et cetera, because the virality of them is much higher. Yeah. You know, it, go, it goes they, further. They are starting to influence each other. Like, um, you know, the reels are influenced by TikTok. So actually there is a real, even if you're not posting anything on TikTok for your clients, there's a real value in sitting and scrolling on TikTok because that's actually where a lot of the real trends are originating. Um, I'm doing um, Kirsty's fantastic um, a Rebuilder Gram. I'm doing her Reels workshop at the moment. Um, and it's, you think, you know, you know, there's so much to learn. Um, but also I think very few social media managers would know on day one kind of you know exactly how they want their business to grow and if you are going to scale your business as well um it's there's a real value in sort of understanding the hot the, the hot kind of breadth of social media because you're going to be so you know they do influence each other and i can see a real value um even for, for myself i actually think that it's linkedin for example is a great platform for social media managers and i don't think many use it as much as they could um even I, you know i don't and um it's something i've got on my 
to-do list is you know so I think understanding the breadth of all of all of the platforms is really worthwhile um, yeah I think you're right about the LinkedIn being good for social media managers because it's a business to business network yeah and yeah. social media managers work for businesses right yeah. so I I think your client is a business so you are totally 100% right there um so let's talk about the, uh, the the community, the network. So you have um, you have multiple clients uh, and the uh, and one of your future plans is to potentially bring someone on to help you manage these clients because there is a point actually before we get to, to working with other tech pixies, let's let's actually touch on there's a point when you have multiple clients that you have to be, get really organized. I remember having five or six clients and thinking, and for me, unlike you, I was doing different niches, which I also think was when I talk about, I have a presentation called 10 social media mistakes. And one of the mistakes I made was I was doing social media for everyone. You know, yeah. I was doing it for a charity and I was doing it for, you know, this and that. And, this. and so I had a, uh, you know, for a sports, a sports gear and charities. And I had a real uh, mix between what I was doing, which meant I had to learn those industries you know, you really have to learn the language of those industries yes. in order to do it well. So I had to get organized and I also had to separate the days so that I knew what days I was working on stuff. I had to keep client meetings on one day and then actually doing the work on another day. Have you had to get more organized? Have you had to create systems in order to serve multiple clients? And can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah. Um, so it, it, it can become overwhelming. I think that's, you know, you do need to find, um, ways to sort of manage the overwhelm and um i use trello for um sort of planning um and i i i do like to have post so i like to have like a sort of three month plan if possible and then kind of i might only be creating content one or two weeks in advance if i'm if i'm on on track um um but i do like to have I think it's better to have a longer term plan with even if just sort of headline what you're going to have in there. Um, so you're not just creating posts like the night before. That's you never, never want to get to that point. Um, the value in having a niche is actually they can your products can or your clients can almost complement each other. So, for example, I have a few clients who I talk about the menopause um, and actually I now know a lot about the menopause and I'm not writing the same copy for them but for example in October it's menopause awareness month and I can kind of I, you know so there is a real benefit to kind of having a niche um, but I think if you either way you need to be um, planning um, and also sometimes I I do like to batch create if I can. So I think that's the other thing. Once I'm kind of on a roll with um, um, either writing copy or um, the thing I love doing is um, I would meet a client for a day and create all the reels. So they change their top. They, you know, we we kind of pretend that it's not all created on one day. But actually there's a lot of time efficiency in just meeting up once, setting up your tripod, getting the ring light, having a sunny day and just kind of blitzing through it. And then you've got a bank of content, you know, it's so much more efficient. So I think I think sort of working out those efficiencies and the ways that you work um, 
And the other thing is I bought a Peloton bike. So, <laughs> so my exercise, so if I'm waiting for a client to reply or, um, you know, I don't have time to go to the gym, you know, but I love exercising. So if I'm waiting for someone to reply or whatever, I can jump on my Peloton bike. <laughs> I love it. That has changed my, um, and it's great because I often then get some more ideas. Oh, I have to tell you, I have my best ideas when I go for runs, when yeah. I get on the, you know, erg, when I, you know, and actually that was, it was really interesting. I was reflecting the other day on the, my knee went out in, in October of 2021 when I was training for the London Marathon. I couldn't run it. And it and for five months, I wasn't able to do even walking was challenging. Like I, I my knee hurt walking. So it was it was a it was a level of um, change in my life I hadn't experienced in decades because I was I'm always I've always I'm always an active person. And um, in fact, I was just on this um, athlete alliance. We, we created this athlete alliance mastermind with a bunch of people who were trained with life mastery consulting, et cetera. And we were, I, we had to put together all the sports that we did. And I was like, <laughs> I started with basketball and then I did swimming and then I was a rower and then I did archery and then I did triathlon and Ironman and marathon. <laughs> and I was like, and I like skiing and now I'm a football coach. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's so, you know, sport is so much part of me and I hadn't really realized yeah. it. Yeah. So to lose that for five months was massive. And actually it corresponded with some, with probably the five trickiest months of the business as well, because I didn't have the thinking space that I normally had. I mean, I was, I had four to seven hours of thinking space with the running and listening to ideas and podcasts and everything and listening to audiobooks. And for those five months, it sort of dried up. And I realized on reflection how critical that was. So you are 100% right. Exercise stimulates ideas you'll come back from a run or you'll get off the peloton and you'll be like yeah. oh that idea and that idea and it yeah. it kicks things off i love that that's yeah. such a great point so i think it's that combination of planning and then giving yourself um i've um i think we we're going to touch on i'm I've just started working for a, a tech pixie louise dimitrio and um she has done her neuro coach um, training and actually I love um, a lot of what she already working with her she's teaching me about mindset and um, and just before this she messaged me to say good luck and I was like oh thank you um, I said oh I'm a bit nervous and she said just remember that being nervous and being excited are the same feeling so you're excited and I was like oh that's but you know that mindset piece um which is something we we did with tech pixies I think that is important because there it can be an overwhelm working in social media there's a lot of information a lot of competition and and actually learning what tools work for you it might not be peloton it might be going for a walk or a a cup of tea or a, but I think I think actually that's just as important as you know all of those other things actually getting your you know your rituals or whatever it works for you in place um yeah I love um hearing that stuff from Louise because it's just so positive um and that kind of you know that's um is a great way to start well that's a great point to land on because we're seeing this happen a lot so we have a lot of tech pixies who who understand the value of social media 
but they're they've launched a business in something totally different, like Louise. So she's master neuro coach, just like I am. She trained with Dr. Shannon, and now she wants to use those tools, but she wants to focus on that, and she wants to bring someone in who loves social media. She she understands the value of it, but she wants to bring someone in who can help her do that. Um, Kirsty Raper, she put into the Facebook group you know, a year ago, I'm looking for someone to do an internship for me. She ended up hiring that person. That person is doing a brilliant job. Yeah. We we have a lot of tech pixies who will hire tech pixies or who will work with tech pixies because number one, the mindset shift has already happened. You don't have to, you know, so many times the hardest part of working with clients is that they haven't made the mindset shift you have made. And so, you know, you get onto calls with them and everything's impossible and everything's hard. And, you know, and we've all made this shift that, well, what if it was easy? What if it was possible? What would that be like? What would we do? And we all think from a different place and 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 we or we're getting ourselves to that different place. And uh, and I do think that there is super value in number one, you know what you're getting if you hire a tech pixie. I mean, I had yesterday at my house, I mean, this being filmed on the 23rd of March, so you might be listening to this on another date, but I had yesterday at my house two tech pixies oh, I who, saw. Pop, who popped by with flowers to tell me about their new jobs oh. and their alumni as well. And, but the thing that I love about it is that they were so excited about their jobs. They were so excited about what they were doing. One of them applied for a job that that she went for, that another tech pixie went for, a tech pixie got it. So she didn't get it. That tech pixie then sent her all these ideas for other jobs. And the job she happened to send her was the one she ended up getting. Right. right? And, so that was that situation. And then the other one, similar to you, I, I got an email that said, we want to hire a tech pixie. Like very specifically, we're looking for a tech pixie um, because they had the experience with tech pixies, right? And they understood that we have not just the skills, but the mindset shift. And so I did the same thing. I connected them and, you know, she went for it and she was telling me the story yesterday. And I said, we've got to get you on the podcast to talk about how you negotiated this job, how you got this job, because it's so important for people to really understand their value because there was a point in the conversation that um, this one tech pixie had with the potential employer, which was where the employer said, I have to say you're more expensive than the other person. Right. And she knew in the back of her mind, I've got other skills. I've got PR skills. I've got da da da. And so she said, well, I could throw some PR in for you. Right. And was able to negotiate the right kind of contract for her that she valued and that they valued and, and was able to, you know, it, she didn't miss out because she had the more expensive contract. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I, but this is what I love. I love hearing these stories. I love hearing um, people going for their dreams, having them come to fruition. I love seeing tech pixies work yeah. together. It's like makes my heart sing. Uh, um, but Maria, I am so proud of you. Uh, uh, you know, if you think back to that phone call on the Friday, oh, I, do you know, I didn't even think I was going to become, I didn't even know what I was going to do. I didn't know what I was going to do. Actually, if that is the, the shift, because I didn't think I'm going to do this course and become a social media manager. I'm going to launch a business. I like truly, you know, I'd had some years out. I wasn't, I needed, you know, I I'd had a lot of experience, but was, you know, um, I definitely did not expect that I would have a number of clients, you know, and, you know, and also be earning a really good salary because, you know, actually it's important. You're not doing it for, I've got three children, you know, I've kind of, you know, you're not doing it just as a hobby. And, um, 
and you know it's it's good to um you know so thanks to um thanks to you joy because um and the tech pixie community you know i still talk to my tech pixie girls every single day and um in fact yesterday i messaged them i was like we are all quiet where are you <laughs> well you're right it's 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 actually and the coaching team we have an incredible yes. coaching team we have an incredible back office support i mean that's the thing I really focus on the last few years is building out a team so that it's not all reliant on me. But also, I want to just flip that on its head and just say, you did the work. You showed up. You went to the coaching calls. You watched the lessons. You applied the lessons. You know, And that's, that's why I said on the Social Media Crash Course, guess what, guys? You show up. You do the work. You get the results. Because we've created a system that if you participate fully, you will get the results. And I was, um, one of the things I say in the crash course is, you know, what we, what we believe you can do, and you can just tell me if you think this is true or not, but what we believe you can do is with these skills on a minimum level, you can earn a thousand up to 3000, possibly more, but between a thousand and 3000 a month, uh, at, once you've got your skills, you multiply that by a year, that's 12,000 to 36,000. You multiply that by 10 years. You've just added 120 to 360,000 to your family's finances. Mm -hmm. That's what we call becoming financially independent. Do you believe that that is a true and accurate statement of someone who leans in? Yeah, I think that's completely achievable. Um, absolutely. And I, I also think there's, you know, it's, it's a great time to be in social media, you know, like the world is, we've had some terrible things happen, but, you know, um, the world has become it is you know it is the future and the here to stay so you know it's there's a lot of opportunity i think um for, for women and um yeah well i love it and i love that you came on today i just want to acknowledge uh some of our live listeners oh. hey nikki thanks oh, for hi, nikki. and then yvonne says uh just to, to wrap it up on that final point yes know your niche <laughs> otherwise it becomes too overwhelming and yeah. i think that was a real top tip for me, Maria, you know, and actually kind of creating multiple accounts that I have a similar, a similar language, similar demographic, sim because you really get to understand that and it speeds everything up and synchronizes things yeah, as well. Definitely. Thank you, Julie. Any, any last, any last bits of advice or, or wisdom from you? Oh, no. Um, good luck. Yeah. Be a tech pixie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Maria. Have a great Thanks, day. Joy. See you soon.